Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Monday, September 12th, the sidelined by negative self-talk edition. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is nine, and we live in Los Angeles. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's eight, and Teddy, who's five. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Zach Rosen. I host the Best Advice Show podcast. My oldest is Noah. She just turned five. And my youngest, Ami, is about to turn two. And we live in Detroit. Today on the show, we have a question about a little boy who just started team sports. He was really confident going into the season, but soon spiraled into negative self-talk. Can we help him over this hump before he decides that his season is prematurely over? But first, we wanted to jump into the mailbag because we have updates. Let's start with a letter from our potty training pal who couldn't quite get her little one to stop what he was doing and go to the bathroom. Thanks for answering my question on the podcast. I've been listening since long before I had kids, so that was a fun surprise. Your answers were very insightful. Perhaps he's a little young to be potty trained, but as you surmised, he is a very precocious two and a half year old. And yeah, he's going through some stuff right now. We had another baby in March, and now his beloved nanny abruptly left for family reasons. It's been stressful for all of us, and perhaps the reason we had another regression. We are now considering some kind of reward system. Maybe a sticker journal, where we write his achievements and fun events for the day and review it at night. Thanks for the suggestions. I'm glad you said that potty training is the worst, because it really hasn't been that bad. Finding a new nanny? That might actually be the worst. Yay, I'm glad we helped someone. (laughs) Maybe. Find that nanny first and have them do it. (laughs) You probably hopefully feel less bad about the fact that your 2.5-year-old is not potty trained because he is in good company. Yes. We also got an update from one of our more infamous letters, the husband who wanted his pregnant wife to work out more. Hi, mom and dad. Thank you for your advice about my husband bugging me about working out while pregnant. I had an explicit conversation about this with him, and he agreed to back off. I also got diagnosed with SPD. Essentially, my body released the hormone relaxin too early, and my pubic bones have separated. It's painful, but not a danger to me or our baby. But it does explain a lot of my pain when it comes to walking and exercise. He apologized to me and has been super supportive ever since. One thing I should mention is my husband is neurodivergent, and he doesn't always know when to drop a subject or pick up on when he's upsetting someone. He really felt bad after we had a very clear conversation. Predictably, doing things like organizing the nursery and building some baby items really helped him focus some of his anxiety and energy about the baby coming. We're both very excited. Thank you so much for your advice. Feeling relieved and waiting for our baby. That's a happy ending. Happy ending for sure. Because of explicit conversations. It's all about the explicit conversation. You gotta be explicit. Gotta be explicit. We are very happy that you are feeling healthy and loved and that maybe we helped a little bit. If you've ever had one of your letters answered on the show, we love hearing updates more than anything. Give us updates. It doesn't matter how long ago the letter was. Just send us an update. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will dive into our listener question. All 
All right, we're back and ready to hear today's listener questions. Take it away, Shasha. Dear mom and dad, our five-year-old started team sports this year. We are encouraging him to try as many sports as he wants to see what he likes, but I've noticed an issue. Before the sport starts, he is very confident and excited, but after the first practice, he gets very down on himself and exhibits a lot of negative self-talk, including, I'm the worst, it'll never get better, and I'm terrible at everything. At first, I thought he was doing this for attention, but it has continued, so I'm becoming concerned. He's not a natural athlete, but my wife and I always try to give positive feedback even when he struggles. We read children's books about positive visualization and success, but he just focuses on the negative. I'm worried this could make him predisposed to depression as he gets older. How do you teach that it's okay to struggle and failure is just a part of learning? Thanks. Starting sports. Zach, what say you? I, well, I totally feel you starting sports. Um, I have been there with, with my kid who's a similar age, who's, who's prone to some some negative self-talk and i wonder if you're doing great with reading them books and stuff about positive visualization um but how do you deal with failure and and struggle in front of them are you um easy to call yourself uh an idiot when you do something minor i catch myself doing that all the time um and so i've started to try to just be a lot more conscious of of what i am showing telling is one thing but like on a day-to-day, what does failure look like to you? Um, and just be really aware of that. Um, and like, if you are being nurturing to yourself when you're messing up, that's going to be good for your kid to see. And another thing is for your kid to see you, um, whether it's playing sports or playing games at home, just seeing you mess up, like cultivate times at home when you can kind of very openly mess up and, and show them how to handle that with grace. Um, I think that's important. And also, uh, it's great that you're encouraging him to try as many sports as he wants, but um, are there things that he's like really into? And like, is he really into, you know, knitting or frog collecting or whatever? Like, are you just as encouraging with that stuff? And I'm curious, how does, uh, how does his self-talk sound when he's doing stuff that he like already loves compared to stuff that um, he might not, um, you know, necessarily be into. So, so that's just a, an open question. I think that's great advice. And, and mm-hmm. trying to make some of that failure that Zach was talking about that is happening in your head, make it verbal for them. Like, gosh, I really, you know, screwed this up. That's okay. I've never done this before. I'm going to try mm-hmm. it again. Like I tried to, to, take those internal conversations and have them hear me say it in hopes that that will become um, their monologue. One of the best things we did when Henry started diving, he really wanted to try diving. It is a hard sport to kind of get into because when you don't know what you're doing, every time you leave the board, you are going to belly flop. We took him to a college diving meet and he watched athletes do amazing dives. And he also watched college athletes fall on their faces Mm -hmm. and get out of the pool and their team um, greet them and hug them and their teammates still have a good laugh 
were lucky at the academy that he you can actually get like a sport pen pal and his pen pal is a diver and we went and we watched and he literally belly flopped and got out of the pool and was laughing and his teammates were laughing and something in Henry's head switched like totally just switched between I don't have to be perfect every time um I'm just trying to get better and do something that I love so I don't know you can go you can go online and watch funny failures and moments of really great athletes and just try to say like listen not everyone does does things great all the time you know I think kids tend to focus on everyone doing well I love Zach's suggestion of finding something your kid loves. Although they're trying everything, you probably know things that he's already good at. So can you also set him up for a little success? So have an activity that he is really good at um, just naturally or really enjoys be that art, you know, wherever that falls. Or if there's a sport that he might be really good at. Um, pushing him to try that, even if that's not forever, just for confidence boost might be great. I also wonder if it's a team sport situation. Like, is it happening because he sees other kids? Like, would he be better in an individual sport where it's more like, I'm just working to get better um, Mm -hmm. versus like, well, hey, we're playing soccer and I, nobody ever kicks me the ball because I can't kick it far or, or whatever, you know, might be for the sport. I drop it all the time in baseball, whatever that is. So I don't know if there's some way to kind of tweak that. And I, I also think it's totally okay if you're going through this, like Zach said, to try something else, like go collect, be awesome at, collecting and categorizing frogs that's totally cool too um and you can mix that up with other activities jamila what do you think yeah i agree with all the both of you all have said and echoing on you know elizabeth what you did letting your kids see people who are older and more experienced at the sport fail you know, and struggle and make mistakes, um, emphasizing the fact that like learning a sport is a process and that very few people start something and they're just really great at it, you know, and they may find that certain parts of the sport come to them very easily and that they are really great at it. But the only way, you know, to get there is to keep trying, um, that most athletes spend years improving their game, that even the best athletes in sport lose, you know, like, I don't know Mm -hmm. if your child has watched, any athletics on television. You could talk about Serena Williams, you know, who the greatest of all time and loses, you know, in the third round of the U S open, you know, that all the great basketball players have missed shots. All of the great baseball players have missed whatever they do. You know, it's just, um, not no, you know, few athletes always have perfect games and no athletes, you know, get to where they want to be in their sport without a lot of practice and a lot of hard work. And, you know, that's something that kids don't always want to accept when it comes to trying something new. Naima is definitely, um, has exhibited this behavior before. Something doesn't come to her really easily. She oftentimes wants to give up on it because she feels defeated and just emphasizing practice, practice, practice. Is what's going to get you to where you want to go. Is there some way too to like not, you, you know, some of this I think is also just the fault of where children's sports are today, that everything is like so intense. Like I, mm-hmm. I often feel like the best introduction to a sport is like, 
sandlot style, right? Like all the neighbors and a baseball <laughs> and a and a bat. So if you can cultivate any of that, like um, our neighbors have a basketball hoop that they let us come use. And anytime the kids are out there shooting, like they have a great time. But when we tried to play basketball, all of a sudden the kids were like, this is too much. Like, I'm not good at this. I'm not, you know, but when you're, when everybody has a ball and is just throwing it at the hoop, that they're having fun. So I think trying to find to that balance between like, can we find a way to just make this like something the family goes to do? We all go play tennis and we're just going to hit the ball and it doesn't matter, right? Like this is just going to be fun. And then when you go to play the sport, trying to just say, you know, I love watching you play out there. Like, like that's fun for me. You look like you're having fun as opposed to, hey, you drop that ball or what? I mean, I'm sure you're not, it doesn't sound like you're the type of parents that are doing that, but is there some way to just compliment the like, wait to get out there and give it a try <laughs> bring back the sand lots all right uh starting sports please let us know how those next few practices go we hope our advice helped everyone else have you experienced anything like this do you have some advice for our letter writer let us know by emailing mom and dad at slate.com which is also where you can send us any questions of your own It's finally time for recommendations. Zach, what are you recommending for us this week? I'm recommending a children's book called Everything Naomi Loved, written by Katie Yamasaki and Ian Lendler, and illustrated by Katie Yamasaki, who's she's a, a muralist who has started to put out children's books in the last several years. And this is such a heartbreakingly beautiful book um, about a neighborhood. The, the subtext is like the neighborhood in it looks like brooklyn um it doesn't say for sure but this neighborhood is being gentrified and this 11 year old girl is reckoning with the loss of you know uh, her best friend moving away the her her neighbors moving away the the neighborhood business is closing so it's it's really like a devastating commentary on gentrification but um it's it's rendered so beautifully and um deals with like how we deal with loss and and what role art can play in um helping us create memories and remember what we had, um, even though like everything fades and everything changes. Um, so it's, it's a beautiful book. She's written some others. This is the only one that I have read. I've been meaning to check out the others, but um, two, two very enthusiastic thumbs up for everything Naomi loved. Looks beautiful. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Elizabeth? Um, I'm recommending a book for adults called How to Keep House While Drowning by Casey Davis. And you can also follow Casey on TikTok at Domestic Blisters. Um, this is oh, a, a very short read. Like she actually has it bulleted and, and the front page says like, if you only have an hour, these are the chapters to read and just <laughs> read these bullet points, which to me is like, oh, this woman gets me. Um, but it's it's this wonderful book if you are starting to feel stressed about your house and keeping it tidy and keeping it clean. Um, I really detest visual clutter, but I find that like at the end of the day, I'm tired and it just feels like a lot to make sure that everything is put back. This felt like going to therapy where someone releases you from a lot of that oh, and wow. says sort of like this, uh, the, the, the theme if it of the book is sort of, you don't work for your home, your home should work for you. And she talks a lot about that 
organization is everything having a place. And so you can have a home in which things do not always get put back, but it is still organized because you could put everything back. And and some of those words just hit my soul. Like, hey, it's okay. I can be released from this and I can still think of myself as a organized, um, clean person without the stress of that because I am. I, I have, you know, released myself from clutter. She has this wonderful thing, though, where she says, if you have had stuff sitting around waiting to go to goodwill throw it out it's okay Mm. just throw it out Mm. she says i know that you intended (laughs) to take it it's okay and i in this phase of my life i needed that we are busy i i try to get the kids to clean up but i also don't want our whole life becoming about making sure that our home you know looks like some picture on instagram where you know all the stuff is pushed to the side like that is something i need to let go of this book was exactly what i needed that's you can great. definitely read the whole book. Too. You can also, I read it in an hour sitting by a creek while the kids were making a huge mess on this trip and I felt lighter. So definitely wow. check it out. How to Keep House While Drowning by Casey Davis. If you don't want to read the book, just go check out her um, TikToks. They're lovely. You'll feel seen. We should have her on the show. I'm very yeah. interested. Yeah. The idea of, of everything actually having a place, even if it's, even if it's not in that place. That's bit, I, there's Isn't so that, much like, so stuff great? in my house that I just don't know where it should be. Yep. I just think it's all this really practical advice coming from a really loving place, but also for someone, um, for me giving advice in the future, I feel like I read a bunch of stuff and thought like, oh, this advice that I gave thinking that that was helpful may have actually not been helpful to someone. Love that. Great. Thank you for that. How about you, Jamila? I am recommending a movie called Hunk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. It is on, it's streaming on Peacock, and I think it's in theaters too. It stars uh, Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall. It is a comedy. It's a somewhat morose comedy, you know, like it's about the pastor and first lady of a mega church in Atlanta. Um, they've got 26,000 members. They're wealthy. He's got a closet full of Prada suits in every color. And he is disgraced by a scandal, a sex scandal, which you don't know too much about it until later in the film. Um, and most of the flock leaves. And so he is setting up or he and his wife are plotting for their big comeback on Easter Sunday. They're going to reopen the doors to the church and hopefully welcome in a lot of their former members. And many of the members have already transitioned to a new church that's owned by a young, cool, hipper uh couple that's somewhat reminiscent of them, you know, some time in the past. And it is a really biting commentary about not just the black church, but prosperity churches um, and mega churches, you know, uh, the pastors that wear $4,000 suits, Mm -hmm. you know, and expect a lot of tithing and giving to be done uh, by their members, regardless of what their income is. It is just really smart. It's really funny. um, And I really enjoyed it. It wasn't what I was expecting at all. Not a kids movie. Well, let's just your kid because I let not even watch it. But, um, (laughs) you know, it's not a little kids movie. If you've got a kid who's an old soul, she kind of tuned out on a few parts of it. So I don't know how much she actually took from it, but it is really something and it's going to stick with me for quite a while. Cool. 
So check it out. And that is it for our show. We'll be back in your feeds on Thursday. So be sure to tune in. And while you're at it, please subscribe to the show. Give us a rating on Apple or Spotify. We'd love it. This episode of Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Christy Tywell Mackenjula. For Elizabeth Newcamp and Zach Rosen, I am Jamila Lemieux. Thank you for listening. <laughs>